podcast where musicians go to learn how to navigate the new music economy. My name's Adam Meckler, and it's my mission to get you the tools to have a thriving career in music. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not you should hire a publicist for your new release. I've got my notes here ready to go. I want to tell you really quick first about the Gig Boss app. We've got an app for musicians that is for organizing your career, organizing your schedule, organizing your finances, tracking your finances. It's free. It's called Gig Boss. It's on iOS and Android. It's continuing to grow. We're adding more features. We're getting tons of great feedback from musicians that are using it. And we're adding the features that musicians want. I've been a musician my whole career, more than a decade, 15 years, 16 years I've been in the industry, and I'm continuing to learn. I'm enjoying that journey very much. I'm learning a lot from this show, and I'll tell you about a win that I just had from working with musicians and artists and industry professionals on this show. I've been talking with people like Sam Greenfield about how to do editorial placements on Spotify. I have Mike Warner coming on the show soon, who wrote the book, Work Hard, Playlist Hard, about getting editorial playlist placements and other playlist placements on Spotify. And I found out this morning that one of my songs from my new album, Forward, was placed on an editorial playlist on Spotify. It feels like a huge win. I followed kind of everything. Like in the interview with Sam Greenfield, which I think is like episode five or six or something like that, he kind of gives step-by-step instructions on how he did it. I followed those exactly the way he described it. I dropped some names. You know, I connected people that were in my band to like people that they work with that are famous musicians, but I also talked about like the vibe of the music. I picked a shorter song. I picked a song that's, I mean, shorter for jazz. Like I play jazz, like this is a jazz record, like a modern kind of jazz R&B infused record. And I picked the one that was like five and a half minutes long to pitch instead of pitching the ones that are like 17 minutes long, which is, you know, whatever that happens in the jazz world. That's a live record too. So there's a lot of stretching out, a lot of exploration. It's a lot of long improvisations, but I picked the one that's a little shorter and I talked about the vibe and the mood and I dropped some names and it got placed. It got placed and it's got something like 1500 plays now. And it's, I think it was just placed recently. So it's pretty fun to find that out today to feel like I got a big win and to feel like all these interviews I'm doing with these amazing artists are paying off. So today, should you hire a publicist for your release? And this is a question that I've grappled with with all of my releases. For my very first big band, I'm have an 18-piece orchestra called the Adam Eckler Orchestra. It's an 18-piece band that plays all of my original music. We did an album called When the Clouds Look Like This in 2014 that iTunes listed as one of the best jazz releases of 2014 in their their end-of-year best-of lists, which was a huge honor. And I hired a publicist for that record. I hired somebody down in Atlanta to promote the album. And they did a good job, but they had a lane. They had a set of contacts that they used that they always use for all their releases. And her specialty was like to get your album on like Billboard charts or college radio charts, smooth jazz charts, jazz charts, big band. You know, it's like there's various different charts that you can that you can make and then you can see your album climb as more radios play your record, as your album grows in its popularity. And that was great. She did a great job. But in terms of reviews, in terms of like album reviews, if that's something that you care about, and this is something that's like maybe people don't care about that as much anymore. But if you're if you're somebody that really cares about album reviews, maybe 
Maybe you're you, you know you want to review in Rolling Stone. Maybe you want to review in Downbeat Magazine if you're a jazz musician like I, like me. I still want I still want <laughs> Downbeat Magazine to to acknowledge that I exist somehow. Um, and I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But she didn't get a lot of album reviews from high profile publications. She got a lot of like small time blog reviews but it was like it served the same purpose i could post those reviews on the internet and it created buzz about the record in a good way in a positive way and then the itunes placement thing the itunes using my album as one of the best jazz releases of 2014 that was like an accidental thing the dude who found my record he sent me an email and he said hey i'm in charge of all of the jazz stuff for itunes and at the time also for title and he goes i love your record i found it by accident and i really like it and i was like wow that's amazing and then i released a couple more albums and i emailed him because i had his email and i was like hey man I just want to let you know like i'm releasing more music i'm really proud of this stuff it's clear like way better in my opinion better than the stuff that i had released before and he never touched any of that so it was it's an interesting kind of game that we're playing here trying to get people to pay attention to our releases and to our music as artists um but so the, the first publicist did a good job. I spent maybe 2500 bucks. I bought a package. It was like, buy the radio package, and I had to send her physical products. So this is something that it's like you have to, if you want to do radio, uh, a lot of people still want physical product, physical CDs. So maybe that's like you print 250 instead of 1000 like you used to back in the day. Like I used to print 1000 or 2000 every time I did a CD back in 2006 that 7 8 9 10 in there and I we would sell them. I mean we sold 2000 of my wife's first CD and had to reprint. I mean it was crazy. And that was and a lot of people go like you know this streaming hasn't had as much of an impact on indie artists as as indie artists make it seem. And it's like yeah, it really has. I mean like the real issue is that like we're we have to we have to learn this new game. I mean basically that's it. It's like we gotta learn this new game and that's something I'm trying to do. And I think I said this, but one of my tracks was listed on it was was added to an editorial playlist. I found it out today. I did tell you that. Feels like a big win. It's a big win. I'm very excited about it, so I'm still talking about it. So should you hire a publicist? So step one first. You got to have an album that you're proud of, an album or a single that you're really proud of. All right, first, that's the first thing. And I mean like high quality music. Maybe you've got high quality art. Maybe you've got a music video that goes with it. These are all things that will help with the buzz, with the promotion, even like high quality visuals that are accompanying the album that maybe aren't a music video, but that go along with the music in a video format. So that's one. You got to have something you're proud of that's high quality. I mean, it doesn't even have to, it's not like it has to be mixed by somebody famous that helps sometimes. A, a, a big name producer that you can list can be a part of that, can be a part of your story. And that's the next thing we're going to talk about. But it doesn't have to be that. Okay, so one, it's got to be something you're proud of, got to be something that, that sounds good. You could, have, you could have made it in your bedroom. It just has to sound good. All right, album or single, it has to have a one-sentence story hook you have to have a one sentence story hook so you know Ari Herstan's coming on the podcast soon he mentioned the Bon Iver record where Bon Iver like locked himself in a in the woods you know it's like this is an album that was made in the woods in a barn 
It's like, that's a story. That's a one-sentence story. Bon Iver locked himself in a barn and made this album out in the woods. And the album sounds like, has vibey, right? It sounds like that. So Ari used that example as like a one-sentence story hook. And this is what they tell you all the time. This is what you're going to have to provide to your publicist. Your publicist needs a story to tell. You can't just give them a record without a story. So you got to be thinking about this before you record. What's the story? What, what story does your song tell? What story surrounding the creation of the song is interesting? Is there something in there? You have to find out what that is for you. But you have to be thinking about story. You have to be thinking about how songs are working together and the impact that those songs are having on the listener, the potential impact on the listener. What kind of story is the listener going to be able to latch on to? And if you're playing something like instrumental music, which is a lot of what I do, I do a lot of stuff with vocals too, but a lot of the music I make is instrumental music, then it's like you really have to be able to communicate something to listen for. If you give the listener something to listen for, then they will listen and they will enjoy it. This is one of the secrets of playing instrumental music. Being able to communicate about your music and show sincerity in your music is really huge towards making it successful. Okay, so a one-sentence story hook, what does that mean for you? You need to be able to tell a story with your release. Without a story, a publicist will have trouble catching the eye of reviewers. Do you have any high-profile features on your album? So this means maybe there's a high-profile producer. Maybe there's a high-profile collaborator who's a musician that you work with that has a really big following on Spotify or Instagram or YouTube or something like that. You can get strategic with this and you can start to build relationships with people that you want to feature on your albums. You can build those relationships organically. These could be friends of yours who've been successful and you go and you reach out and say like, hey, why don't we do something together? This is a whole game that artists are playing and you list them as a primary artist on the release. If you list them as a primary artist on the release when the song goes on to Spotify, so you have multiple primary artists, it goes to their fans and your fans, okay? So if they have a big following on Spotify, you could potentially piggyback on that large following and pick up some of those listeners from that large following, mutually benefiting both of you as you grow as an artist as well. I mean, it's going to mutually be beneficial, but you want to get those high-profile features and have some names that that have some connection to, to artists in the industry that are making a splash. That doesn't have to be a thing. You don't have to do that. But that is one route to go. My first record that I mentioned, When the Clouds Look Like This, I mean, this is just me and my friends making music in Minneapolis and making big band music that it was kind of unlike anything that was out at the time. It was influenced by a range of styles, certainly drawing on composers like Maria Schneider, but also drawing on composers like Charles Mingus and also R&B and hip-hop music because that's a big part of what I love and what I grew up listening to. And there really wasn't anything like that out at the time. And so like that album kind of made a splash without anybody that was a high-profile feature. But Downbeat still didn't review it. Downbeat didn't put it in their didn't put it in their lists or anything. Nobody has acknowledged that I exist. And had I had somebody large on the album, had I been like, oh, I'm going to ask some big famous saxophone player to play a solo, it's like Downbeat might have been like, oh, look. you know, It's like that's the game. That's the game. And as, as crappy as that sounds and feels to say, it's like that's part of 
the game that we're playing as artists right now. Record labels is like if, in the back in the day, like when you didn't have to completely DIY everything. There was somebody who took care of this kind of stuff. That took care of this. Like, what's the story? They would help with that, right? They might even write your music for you. It's like I don't want to do that. That's not me. But this is this kind of stuff. We have to think about this kind of stuff. All right. Are there any high-profile features? What mood does your music elicit? Does it give you a feeling? What style is it? What genre is it? Does it fit into multiple genres? These are the kinds of things you have to start to try and define. Not to box you in, but to find out who your target audience is. And now this is a really big part of being a musician is who's your target audience. So one way to one way to find out, I mean honestly like this is what I did. I recently released this album forward and I put some I, I put some music videos on Instagram and I created ads around the music videos. And I put a relatively wide age range, like 18 to 65 or something like that. And then after a couple of days of the ad running, I went and I looked at the statistics and I saw that the majority of the people that were liking my video and following me were between the ages of 35 and 55. So immediately I felt old, first of all. <laughs> immediately felt old. And then I went, okay, hey, let's lean into it. So then I created a new ad where I targeted 35 to 55. And that ad did better. And that album, that song got more views and more likes. And I got more followers out of that ad. Now, the idea was also like, where do I send the person in the ad? Do I send them to Spotify? Do I send them to a landing page that has all these links? Do I send them to my profile where they can just see what I'm up to? And ultimately, that's what I decided to do was send them to my profile. I talked to Cameron Kinghorn on the podcast, actually. And Cameron, who recently moved to L.A. and has a band called King Perry that's doing really great, he mentioned an Instagram ad that he made for one of their songs, Sunshine, where they just did like a little clip of the music video and they completely like it completely blew up on Spotify and their Instagram started to gain lots and lots of followers. And it was a $30 ad that he placed on Instagram. And he sent, and I texted him and I said, yo, dude, did you send people to a link or did you send people to your profile? This is after I had already talked to him about it. So I was just like, I got to clarify. And he said, I sent people to my profile. I sent people to the King Perry profile. And I went, okay, cool. So that's what I decided to do. And what I found was that my audience definition for that kind of music, and I do multiple styles of music for that kind of stuff, people in Europe really liked it and people between the ages of 35 and 55 liked it more than super young people. Okay, cool. That's whatever. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I'm happy to know who to target with that kind of music, right? That's really what we're after. And then a publicist is going to want to know that information. So that's some way that you can figure it out on your own. But knowing that info gives you more power. It means that you can be more targeted in how you advertise your record and who you who your target audience is. Just knowing who your target audience is opens up a lot of doors, okay? So that's another one. What mood, what style, who's your target audience, all that stuff. Next, you have to make a list of publications, radio shows, websites, reviewers, who you think would like to hear your music and where your music would fit, okay? This is something that I hired. So I hired another publicist in 2018 for my album, Magnificent Madness. Now, I thought this was my magnum opus, right? 
I was like, this is if there's any album of mine that has a chance to win a Grammy, it's Magnificent Madness. And the thing that Magnificent Madness lacked was a clear story. I had a lot of really incredible songs on that album. It was easily the best sounding album I had made, the the most highly produced album I had made. It had features with high profile vocalists and hip hop artists on it in the big band style. I mean, it was breaking genre bounds. It was doing a lot of really cool things and I'm still incredibly proud of that record. But my publicist had a lot of trouble getting any traction, getting anyone to look at it, to review it. And one of the things that I, I made a list of publications and I said, number one is Downbeat. I want Downbeat Magazine to acknowledge that I exist. Give me a one-star review. I don't care. I want this publication that's in my genre to acknowledge that I've been out here grinding it, that I've been doing high-quality music. Being from Minneapolis is definitely a hindrance. It can be a hindrance. <laughs> it is what it is. There's a, there's a bigger scene in Chicago but even that is not like being in New York or being in LA. I mean, it's like it really means a lot more for be from to be from New York or LA to people in Europe as well. When you're booking tours and stuff, that's, that means a lot more. So if you're considering a move, yeah, yeah, that's for another that's for another episode. Should I move to LA? We can do that as an episode. That'd be an interesting conversation. I have a whole bunch of friends who've relocated to LA recently, and I got another buddy from Australia that's that's spending some time there this fall, and I'm gonna go down there and hang with him and see some friends and play some music and talk about the app and all that good stuff. But okay. So make a list of publications, radio shows, reviewers who you think would like to hear your music and provide that to your publicist. So they have a direction to go. A publicist is also going to have their own contacts. They're going to have their own list of people that they, but they want to know where to focus. They want to know what your what your story is and who you think your story would resonate with. Okay, who is your target audience? We talked about some publicists will want physical copies to send to radio. Okay, so probably not all publicists want physicals, but every publicist I've worked with, and now oh, I've worked with three publicists. I just realized <laughs> I did a publicist for another one of my albums as well. So you can see how well those things worked out. I was always spending. You know, I, I think I committed on the Magnificent Madness album in 2018. I hired the top jazz publicist that exists, fully fully altered media. Dude's name is Matt Merowitz, and he he's a great publicist. He represents a lot of people. I have some ideas on why my album didn't do as well as I'd hoped when I hired him. And one of those things is, of course, looking in the mirror and saying, hey, was my story good enough? No, it wasn't. It probably wasn't. But I had music videos for songs. I mean, like, I had everything. Matt wanted physical copies. Stephen Bono wanted physical copies. And actually, Stephen was Matt's... Stephen was Matt's assistant. And learned how to do the jazz publicist game via fully altered media. And so I hired him for another one of my records. And I, I think, so with Matt, I think I spent, I think I committed to something like $2,500. And then because things just didn't work out, he didn't get much out of it. He ended up only charging me 1500 which was nice. That was something he didn't have to do. But also it really felt like, how did this get no traction? It felt a little weird to me, to be honest. But also the story's got to be better. The story's got to be there. And that's that could be it, you know. He also didn't like the album cover art, so the album cover art maybe was something that he didn't 
think was cool. I don't know. I liked the album cover art, so that's why I used it. Okay, so some publicists want physical copies. They're going to send those to radio. Radio, a lot of radio people still want physical copies of albums. So I've mentioned earlier, maybe two fifty. Maybe you print two fifty and you send those. You'll you'll have to pay for the packaging materials to send out. So that's part of the cost with your publicist, and then also a fee for just the publicist's time and contacts. All right. Do you have music videos or interesting vis visuals? This is really big. This is something we mentioned earlier. Music videos and visuals really help tell the story of your record. So the question is, do you want to hire a publicist for your new release? And I think the answer is yes, if you have these certain things in order and you have a budget to do it. And maybe that's because you're a day jobber and you've got some money that saved up and you can you can spend that money and maybe start to build and think, hey, maybe this will lead to other things, which is great. That's awesome. Maybe you're like me and you're just like money's tight, but you're like, hey, I'm a musician. I got to get my music out there. I got to get it heard. So I'm going to do it. A, in hindsight, wish that I had a little bit more of the story worked out for Magnificent Madness. That was my big, that was the big one for me. It's like, man, I wish I, I wish I had been a little clearer on what the story is. I had two songs on that record that were tributes to friends of mine who had passed away from cancer. One was just 29 years old. Jen Werner, close friend of mine who played bass trombone in my big band, just suddenly she had a really aggressive form of cancer and died within a month or two of being diagnosed. It was really devastating. It was devastating. And I wrote a song called Jen Song for her. And one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is like, if you have all of these things in place, you have a story, you have your mood, your genre, like what, what, what kind of feeling does the song give you? You can submit those songs to licensing databases and you can get those songs licensed so that you can make some money on those songs apart from the piddly kind of money that we make in streaming unless you have like millions and millions of followers on Spotify. Okay, so having all this stuff prepared will also help with stuff like sync licensing, okay? And my song, Jen Song, from the record did get licensed by a barbershop company and it was through a company called Who's the Boss Music in Chicago. And I basically uploaded like my whole database of, they wanted jazz music. So I updated like my whole database of music to them. I uploaded it and they ended up using the song Gen Song. And that helped with the with the cost of the record. Of course, I did like a Kickstarter to do that record too. I raised maybe fifteen thousand dollars to to make that album and to do video. And boy, the video thing is a whole nother story. I had people that I hired continuing to raise the price on me. I was not happy. I was not happy. I'm still not happy about it. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. So <laughs> I'm moving on. So the answer is it depends. Sh should you hire a publicist? It depends. I think a lot of the stuff we can do on our own now, I think that album reviews are not as valuable as they used to be, but they still do create buzz around your record. And with the right publications, some high-profile eyes can see it, and that can really help get you booked on festivals. It can help get you all kinds of other, maybe some educational opportunities if that's something that you're into, if that interfaces with the music that you make in a logical way. 
for me, that's part of it too, is like, hey, if I release a big band album, maybe I'm going to spend a whole bunch of money out of my pocket to make it happen and hire a publicist and all of that, which is true. That is what's happening. That is what happens with me. So I have to end up spending a lot of money out of pocket, even when I raise $15,000 on Kickstarter. I will get educational opportunities from that record because there is a whole infrastructure of education surrounding jazz music and particularly big band music and there really aren't a lot of young people and now you can see my crow's feet in my eyes here so i can't really say i'm that young 37 (laughs) so there aren't really that many young people that are into big band music and that kind of that gave me my category of one that gave me my uh, this person is unique because right they love big band music and they're young and they can relate with our students you know, that was, that was big for me. And so and it still is big for me. So I do a lot of guest artist visits and all of that comes out of the record that I made. So I can justify, Hey, I'm going to hire this publicist because I know that I'm going to be able to make that money back in a different way. You don't always make the money back in a direct way. Like I hired a publicist to promote my album and then I made lots of money on my album. It's like, that's maybe not how it works. You have to think about monetizing in creative ways. And so for me, that was, I get educational opportunities out of it. I get licensing opportunities out of it. Okay, so I can justify spending that money. And that really is like, that's something that you got to think about for your own release. And I would encourage you to take the leap if you have the finances to do so and you have a compelling story. Those are the two things. If you have a compelling story, use it. What makes you unique? Ian Allison just said on the podcast last week, make the bug a feature. Make the bug a feature. What's your bug? What's your bug? Was it some way that you were raised that's interesting? Is there some connectivity between your music and an experience that you had? Did you lock yourself in a barn in the woods and record the album? Do you always, so this is me, do you always have to record your music super late at night after the kids go to bed? And so when you're singing and playing, you're singing and playing really soft, which makes a certain vibe, like creates a vibe in the studio that's like a certain vibe. It's soft and it's relaxed and it's rounded edge. If you listen to my, the intro outro music on this podcast is my song Sunshine Is Out. That was all recorded like 2 a.m., Midnight between midnight and 2 a.m. after my wife and my kids went to bed. Because there's just no, there's like no way to do it during the day without having kid noise in your music. That's the other thing is now I'm really, I'm recording music during the day and I'm allowing my kids' voices and screaming and laughing to be on the recordings. And it's really kind of fun and charming and I kind of like it. And I might lean into that a little bit in future releases. We'll see. That's, that's story. What's your bug? I hope this helps in your journey on whether or not to hire a publicist. I appreciate you checking out the Gig Boss podcast. I'm here to learn. I'm here to give you anything that I've learned along the way and to talk to really amazing artists and industry professionals about how to make it in this crazy, ever-changing music economy. If you haven't checked it out yet, we've got a Gig Boss Facebook group. So the Gig Boss Podcast group on Facebook, it's linked here in the show notes. There's a community of people that are working towards figuring this stuff out, and we're helping each other out. We're bouncing ideas off of each other. There's great engagement in there, lots to learn. 
we have a we have an app called Gig Boss on iOS and Android to help you organize your freelance and band leader careers. It's really for like band leaders. It's gonna be amazing, especially as we add more add more features. Okay, Gig Boss app is free on iOS and Android, and we have a deal now with Ari's Take Academy. Ari Herstan, the author of How to Make It in the New Music Business. He has a whole bunch of courses available on Ari's Take. You can click the link below in the description and you can enter the code GIGBOSS, G-I-G-B-O-S-S, GIGBOSS to get 10% off any of those courses. That's a deal that we struck with them. Ari will be on the show in a week or two. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. 